Our scripture today comes from Acts 2, the first through the fourth chapter. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. The word of God for us, the people of God. Lord, we thank you that you are reigning on your throne from heaven. In the ups and downs of our life, God, we know that you are there, that you are consistent, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that we can put our whole trust in you. Help us today as your people gather together in this place to offer our hearts and lives to you and to you alone. This we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, friends, have you ever noticed that some uh, things are just better when they are together? Some things are just made to be together. Growing up, I thought um, this first iconic pair uh, was a pair that was always made to be, together, to be together. Can you throw that up there? You guys, yeah, it's kind of fuzzy, but you know who that is, right? Like Bert and Ernie. Um, you know, uh, nobody wants to see a sketch with just Bert in it, right? Like, that's boring. It's not funny. It's just, nobody wants that. You need Bert and Ernie in order to have uh, a fully fleshed out uh, Sesame Street episode. Uh, then there's this one. That, you know, this iconic duo? Yeah, um, that's Oreos and milk, except for that's not the best iteration of that. It's actually the double stuff Oreos and milk that's better than just regular Oreos and milk. Iconic duo, right? They're better together. Uh, how, how about this group? I mean, this is more than just two. This, the, you know who this is? It's the cast members from The Office, right? You've got Michael and Dwight and Jim and Pam. They're funny when they're together. By themselves, eh, you know. Not that great, but together something incredible happens. How about, how about this group? Do y'all? Okay, all right, I know we're in church, right? Some of you are like, oh, Hogwarts, Harry Potter. It's, it's, it's fine. If you can get a child to read a book that's this thick, get them to read it, you know? Read those words, tell them the truth though. So Harry, Hermione, and Ron, right? Like there's something about that iconic group. How about this next group? The Avengers, right? Like you can't take even Hawkeye out of that group and the story remain the same. And everybody forgets about Hawkeye, right? Like he's the, the poor unfortunate Avenger whose only gift is re being really good at shooting a bow and arrow, you know? But without him, they're, they're not the same team. How about this next one? This next one is almost sacramental, right? Chips and queso? Some of you are like, I know we're, gonna, we're, we're headed to El Reconcito or El Sombrero after church today anyways, and we're going to partake in chips and salsa and queso. One more. How about, how about this iconic couple that's better together? <laughs> right? See, you're never sure how these are going to go, right? I, I thought I might show Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, and y'all might be like, who are they? Um, <laughs> Chiefs won last night, congratulations to them. Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. All of these are just better together. None of them are their best apart from one another. They, none of them are as good by themselves as they are when they are together. 
And here you are today, and here I am, and here we are uh, on this second Sunday of the new year. And man, I've got to say it, it feels good to be together in this place. It feels good to be gathered in. I think you could even say that we're better when we're together here in worship. For the past three weeks, uh, since the last Sunday in December, we've been centered on Ephesians chapter 2, verse 22, as we focus on being built into the church and into the people that God is calling us to be. And Ephesians 2.22 really has been the centering verse for us over these past few weeks. And last week, I introduced you um, how we have begun talking about this verse among our staff. What we've done is we've taken Ephesians 2.22 from the New International Version, and then we've sandwiched it with uh, Eugene Peterson's paraphrase of Ephesians 2.22. And I want to read that for you this morning, because I think it has the power to really symbolize what God is doing in us and among us here at Pittman Park. So this is Uh, how we've been framing the verse. Paul writes, and in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling place in which God lives by his spirit. That's the end of the NIV. Here's Eugene Peterson. And we see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God, all of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. Friends, we are being built day by day, fashioned and formed, molded and shaped, that we might together be built into a dwelling place of God. We are better together. We're better when we are here in this place, gathering together, praying together, singing together, celebrating how God is moving among us together. We are better together. And if today is your first day here, it's your first day back. This whole thing, all of us, We're better for you being here with us. We're better together. In a world that wants to tear people apart according to their politics and according to their race and gender or who their favorite football team or uh, artist is, where they live, where they're from, the church stands as a witness to God's redeeming power to draw people together and to magnify and multiply God's power through them. I want you to think back to the early church, back to the disciples. Uh, Jesus had several disciples, 12 disciples, uh, but there are two in particular I want you to think about. And I've brought them up before, but I want to remind you of these two. Uh, there's, there's one named Matthew, and, and Matthew was a, uh, was, a, a do, was a tax collector, excuse me. Matthew was a tax collector, um, and there was another one called uh, Simon the Zealot. You remember Simon the Zealot? Often forgotten about Simon the Zealot. There's Matthew the tax collector and Simon the Zealot. Matthew's job uh, before he came and followed after Jesus was to, to uh, be in cahoots with the Roman government to make sure that people's taxes got paid and that the Romans got paid. And Simon's job before he became a disciple of Jesus was to make sure that if he ever saw a tax collector that he would stab them on sight. And these two are called together to be Jesus' disciples. What should have divided them suddenly sort of faded into the background. They couldn't agree on everything, but they agreed on one thing, the most important thing. And that is that God sent his son from heaven to earth to redeem us from sin and death 
to open up eternity so that we could be God's people with God and to transform this earth in his name. There's so much that would divide us, but there's one thing, one banner above all banners that unites us, and that is the banner of Jesus Christ. If you look back at the birth of the church in Acts 2, 1 to 4, you see that amazing things, miraculous things happen when the people of God are gathered together, when they're all together in one place. In fact, uh, Luke writes this, he says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Don't miss this. They were all together in one place. You know, Thomas wasn't at home and, and Simon wasn't uh, overfishing on the coast. No, they were all together in one place. And in the midst of this gathering, of this diverse group of fishermen and tax collectors and, and farmers, in the midst of this gathering, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them in the room, all of them who were there together were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Friends, the Spirit moves with power when we are together. Powerful things happen, miraculous things happen when the people of God are together. All throughout the scriptures and not just here in Acts, we see this image that when God's people are together, reaching and striving for the same thing, striving for godliness and holiness, for knowing God, God shows up and does incredible things. When God's people are gathered together in prayer and worship, when they're gathered together in fasting and in fellowship, God does incredible things. The movement's witness, the church's witness to the world is that we are all at our best when we're gathered together, when we are being built into a community of faith that's shaped by the Spirit and power of God. This is the very same thing that God was doing with the disciples at Pentecost. God was taking them and building them into a community of faith, a church that could bear witness to God's power and God's redeeming love in the world. And the disciples recognized this. They caught it early on. God's spirit moved when they were together. And so they got really intentional about building their lives and growing their faith Together. If you look a little bit further on in Acts chapter 2, you get the first description of what the church looked like. You get a picture of what that first gathering of God's disciples, Jesus' disciples, looked like after the resurrection. Acts 2.42 says this, that they, that is the disciples and those who were members of the early church, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. They studied together and they hung out together. They spent time with one another. They devoted themselves to the breaking of bread and to prayer. They ate together and they prayed together. And everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. And they sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. And they broke bread in their homes and they ate together 
with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The story of the early church is the story of Christians being built together, banding together, gathering together to support one another, to study, to pray, to worship, and to celebrate. And I've got to be honest with you. When I think about all the things the early church was doing, studying, eating, praying, sharing, all of those things, they're all better when you have people gathered together with you. One of my New Year's resolutions uh, was to get back into running. I, I love to run, but um, I'd fallen off the wagon for a little while, got burnt out. Some of y'all are shaking your heads like, why would you do that? That sounds terrible. Well, it's good. It's good for my brain. It's good for my heart, good for my soul too. So a few weeks back, I decided um, to go out for a run in our neighborhood and we live in Iron Gate and I thought I'd just do something light and easy to sort of knock the rust off and uh, so I went into the house and got my gear and put my shorts on and my, sh- my shoes on and had my little flip belt so I could have my, my phone with me and my earbuds so I could listen to music while I tried to drown out the sound of my heart racing and, and lungs collapsing. But what I did was I got all of my gear on and I walked out to my driveway and I just stood there. And I just stood there, like, for a couple of minutes. And when I realized what I was doing, I started to think, all right, so why am I just standing still? Like, I I was going to go for a run. And what I realized is that, you know, 90% of the running that I've done has been with a group. And so what we would always do as a group is, you know, we would all get out of our vehicles and we'd go over to the sidewalk. We'd stand there and we'd synchronize our watches. Like this is a runner thing. Like you've got to synchronize your watches so that you all know, you know, not only how fast, but how far you ran, right? And we run on a little cycle. And so, you know, three, two, one, click. And then we start running together. I realized... I was trying to do something I'd always done with others all by myself, and it really wasn't working real well at that point. So I looked down and I pushed go on my garment and started the uphill and downhill and across the hill. <laughs> and uh, circuitous, I think, is the word that you'd use for running through Iron Gate. And I made it about two miles by myself, and it was awful. But as I made my way around Monarch Circle and back to the house, I realized just how much I needed my friends. I needed my community to help me, to spur me on, to encourage me while I was running. You know, they say a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single footstep, and that's true. But when those steps are taken together with others who are pursuing what you are pursuing, who are growing in the ways that you are growing, who are present with you in the joys and the struggles, the journey, friends, is a whole lot better. It's a whole lot better. Because something powerful happens when we're in community. And this reminded me of our text today, that our journey of faith our journey of faith is better with others. Not just because you won't feel awkward or lonely, but because something mystical and something powerful happens when we're together. And the evidence is right here in Acts 2, 42 to 47. Luke says they pre- performed signs and wonders that they happened when the people were together, that their togetherness, their connectedness 
allowed them to see and experience the power of God in a way that they never had before. Signs and wonders, these miraculous moments occurred when the church was gathered in, when the people of God came together. And that reality, friends, isn't something reserved for the church 2,000 years ago. That reality, that truth is available for us as well. Something powerful and mystical and dare I say holy happens when we are gathered together and we find ourselves being built into the body of Christ, into the community of faith, into the church of Jesus Christ. In fact, Jesus promises us that when we gather together, two or more of us, that the Holy Spirit in his own presence is there with us. But there's one more thing I want to point out to you this morning. Not only is it true that we're better when we're together and that something mystical and miraculous and holy happens when we're together, but I believe our togetherness as Christians draws people to God. If you look back at the end of Acts 2, 42 to 47, it says in verse 6 that every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Friends, I don't think it's a coincidence. They didn't practice their faith spread out in all their separate homes. They came together and people were drawn to that community of believers who was reaching out to the least and the lost, the orphans and the widows, the powerless, and even the powerful to invite them into a relationship with Jesus. Friends, when we are gathered together, the world takes notice because when we are gathered together in Christ and by Christ, the world catches a glimpse of eternity. I believe the early church grew because of their togetherness, their love and concern for God and for one another, the way they cared graciously for each other as they reached out to one another when they had need. And that togetherness softened the hearts of the people around them and drew them into God's presence. Friends, I believe that we are being built into a dwelling place for the Spirit of God. But we can't do that out there on our own. We have to be together. That doesn't mean we have to agree on everything. It just means we have to agree on one thing, that God has sent his Son from heaven to earth to redeem we who were lost and broken, stuck in sin and death, so that we might have life through his death and resurrection. There are a thousand things that would divide us, but there's one thing that binds us together, and that is Jesus Christ. May we be his people, may we be his church, and may we be built together into a dwelling place for God's Holy Spirit and power. Let's pray this morning. Lord, we thank you that you left heaven and came to earth to reconcile us to yourself. We thank you that your blood shed on the cross has covered our sin. We thank you that your resurrection has delivered us from death and that we have eternity and eternal life to look forward to because of what you've done on our behalf. Jesus, 
as your followers, we want to be bound together, to be witnesses to your love and grace in this world. We want to be a people who spur one another on in love, who provoke one another on toward righteousness and good works. In the moments, God, where we feel like we just want to slip away and and do it on our own, draw us back, God. Search us out the way you searched searched out that one lost sheep. Draw us back into the community that we might see the beauty and value of every single soul that you have drawn to yourself. Lord Jesus, here and now as your people, we pray that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit, that we might be sent out to be your apostles and shepherds and preachers and teachers, that we might be your hands and feet in the world, that through you and your power in us, the world might come to know you and welcome you. Bless us now as we continue in worship this morning. Amen.